0: Welcome to Dr. Thoughts, a smart, driven, and fabulous podcast by
1: Drs. Ryan LaValle
0: and Kalia Johnson,
1: where sometimes it's about occupation
0: and sometimes it's just sassy. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Thoughts. It's everybody's favorite auntie, Dr. Kalia Johnson, and everyone's favorite professor-to-be, Dr. Ryan LaValle.
1: Welcome, welcome. We have an exciting and real talk conversation for you today. We are really interested in talking about faculty accomplices and what that looks like, thinking about bringing guest speakers into the room, especially in the most recent um, sort of wave of zooming into different classrooms across the world um, and bringing people from diverse backgrounds with different identities into the classroom to talk about DEI. Many times we have been these people. We've also brought these people in. um, We've seen things go well. We've seen things go poorly. (laughs) So we just wanted to talk through some of that and see what we might be able to bring to the table to help out, but also point out (laughs) some of the things that might be uh, not great things to do in some of these situations. Right, Kalia?
0: Right, right. Um, We definitely have some, like you mentioned, recent experiences um, that is informing this discussion, but um, it's just one, I think, as faculty members, we need to have anyway, right? The intention behind Um, bringing in guest speakers and how it is that we set up the space to have a successful um, and positive experience for everyone, for the speakers, as well as the students.
1: Absolutely. So I I actually, just as you said that I'm thinking, I'm like envisioning myself sitting and and realizing that like that next day or something, I'm going to be zooming into a classroom um, and I actually like have a lot of thoughts and feelings about like where this university is what's the group gonna be about uh you know if i'm talking about anti-racism or if i'm talking about queer identities or whatever um like i get some nerves about like am i about to step into like a fight am i about to debate somebody am am i going to be welcomed like I think many of the times, most recently, we've been um, being invited by a lot of COTAD chapters, shout out to COTAD chapters, um, doing the work at universities across the nation. So I feel a little bit more comfortable. But man, when it's just like a regular professor who's inviting me into their classroom, sometimes I'm like, oh, I I don't know if I should say this, but I'm about to.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: Get those nerves going on, even before you like step into that classroom.
0: Right. Yeah. The thing about, you know, Zooming now is that there's a lot more research that has to happen, right? You don't, you don't really know the students. You're not visiting the physical campus. You don't have an opportunity for those meet and greets beforehand, usually. Um, And so, yeah, you don't, you don't know what kind of situation you're walking into. You don't know, What's been shared about you um, sometimes you know the, the professors or, or you know student organizations that are inviting you in might share um, sort of the what, what's been the culture or the climate of the institution where you're going to give your talk um, which by the way, everybody listening, that is helpful <laughs> for guest speakers to know you know what what are we walking or zooming into? Um, you know, I, if, if it's, if it's time for, you know, stories, I, I have a great example of this, you know, not knowing what you're walking into. Um, yeah. Tell us your story. Yeah. So um, a university that, of course I will not name, <laughs> um, <laughs> invited me to um, speak with one of their student groups. And, um, but I was, I was actually warned that, some, some of their students could be, um, difficult or, or problematic and, um,
1: and who warned you? The professor?
0: Yeah. Professor mm. already warned me. <laughs> um, and it's like, okay. Um, but I, I was asked specifically to talk about structural racism, <laughs> um, structural racism in occupational therapy, practice, occupational therapy, education. Um, and so I'm like, all right, you're asking me to talk about a very charged, intense, triggering, you know, subject. You've already identified that students, some students can, can be a bit of an issue um, when these discussions occur, but I'm, I'm going into it with the assumption that they already know this, I'm gonna have some support in it, right? So I, you know, join the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and begin giving my talk. And a couple students did sort of interrupt. Um, I always make the announcement in the beginning if if what I'm doing is going to be a very sort of like formal and structured thing or if it's going to be informal. So I've already let it be known that like I'm going to be giving a lot of information. So this will be a very structured formal talk, um, but I'm leaving ample time in the end for questions. So I'm getting interrupted. Nothing is said from a single faculty member on the call. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, try to engage the, the students or whatever, but also remind them that I'm gonna keep talking, you know, let's reserve the questions for the end, finally get to the end, and one of the very first things that comes out of a student's mouth is how racism isn't real. Woof, (laughs) wow. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, well, that's not a question, that's a statement, not a, not a true one. Teach them grammar, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, you know, it's not you're not even stating facts but okay um and so you know i'm i'm giving the pregnant pause like all right so waiting for someone else who knows this student um to speak up and it was crickets ryan wow nothing nothing and Ah. so i'm like i'm about to have to go (laughs) in Because, you know, it's it's one thing to, you know, do this with your own students. You know, our students know our personalities and sort of like how we instruct, how we engage people in conversation. Um, they also know that when problematic statements are made, we, we usually really speak to them sternly and with some authority about the error of their misinformation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so... I'm having to do some serious mental gymnastics in the moment, like, this is not my student. This is not my school. This is the first time that I'm speaking. They're talking crazy, but I'm about to have to go off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I, I did it in my Kalia way. I think it was um, tactful, but still very stern about um, why that statement isn't true. There was a little bit of going back and forth too, mm. you oh, know, God. which I also didn't appreciate. It's um, still no support from the faculty who invited me to do this talk. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's like, if, if you're not prepared to step into those situations, you're not prepared to bring a guest speaker to talk about this topic at all.
0: Not at <laughs> all, not at all like if you are and if you're not comfortable like correcting your students then definitely don't say anything to me afterwards when I've had to do it you know it's that it's that that saying that we have in the south at like you have some home training you know you were inviting me into your home your family is showing out I expect you to correct the behavior but I'm gonna have to
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm maybe not as from the South as you are, so I'm going to need to know what home training is and I'm going to need to know what shouting
0: is showing out is. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, so home training is, you know, using basic manners, like Mm -hmm. exercising your social graces. If there, if there is a guest, you know, be polite, be welcoming, um, make sure that they are comfortable, like set set a space where everybody to come together, right? That's, that's having home training, just being, being graceful, being welcoming, using manners, showing out is everything that is anti that. (laughs) (laughs) So So you're acting up, you're, yes, you acting up, cutting up, you know, showing out, they all mean the same thing. You know, so interrupting me, not following my instructions about waiting, um, just being inflammatory for the sake of it is really how I took it. It's like, oh, we have a speaker that's going to talk about structural racism. So I'm just going to say racism isn't real.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: like it felt a little bit like a setup, especially because the, you know, folks of an authority, (laughs) the other professors in this meeting left, like, left me hanging. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like you're inviting a Black woman into a space that you knew could be potentially hostile and then didn't provide a safety net. So it's like, one, how are you, if you're doing it at all, because then it made me question, like, oh, are you really having these conversations you know, with your students, or you're trying to bring me in to do that work for you, um, right. or really, what was what was your real intention with sort of exposing me to this?
1: Yeah, it's like you <laughs> can't put people like. whether it's somebody who's queer or or somebody who's black or whatever, it's like, we're not there to be your little debate mechanism, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like we are there to support your, your content and like content that you should actually be able to cover without us. And if you don't feel comfortable covering that content and allowing us to sort of amplify it, then there's an issue there. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and you need to figure that out (laughs) because This is like it's it's anxiety inducing. It is like uh, stressful for us to think about like, the fights that we might have to have with people who are not our students, which, you know, to a certain extent, I'm like, I'm going to drop some shit on you right now. And I'm going to leave the room and not come back to this university again. (laughs) Right. And so there's a little bit of freedom in being a guest speaker, but at the same time, like, I don't want to burn bridges with students. And I don't want to be seen as like this aggressive person who's just trying to tell students what's up, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, have some, have some work done before bringing us into the classroom. So you're prepared to step up next to us when those students aren't, aren't really fallen in line and treating us with respect as, as people who are invited into the classroom.
0: Right, right. It's like student, students need, they need those hard truths, right? And they need to learn how to grapple with those hard truths because there's nothing about these conversations or the work that we do that's comfortable, which also means that when you invite us to speak, y'all are going to have to get uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think one one example that I can think of is sometimes I see, um, you know, when, for example, we're talking about, like, what's your racial identity in a classroom or and, you know, there's there's that undeniable student who is, you know, trying to understand race, racism and all that, but they're white and they're like, I'm Italian and Irish or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I say in those instances, I'm like, no, like let's talk about the way society sees you. Like nobody's Mm -hmm. sitting here saying, fill out I'm Italian on the census. Nobody's sitting here saying like, you know, what part of Italy did you come from? that right. you're understood and seen as white. And so like, that's the type of stepping in that, that I think in those conversations we need from faculty because that says, no, like I'm also an authority on this. And I know that you're sort of stepping into this space and it shows that you can also be a resource for them in learning You know where you're still right. keeping them in line. So like, I don't have to argue with them whether they're white or not. <laughs> Um, But at the same time, you're sort of modeling how you can think through some of these things, Um, you know, as a, as a person who isn't necessarily a person of color, you can still do that work to understand the arguments that are out there and how we can help our students talk through them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like modeling, like you, you just mentioned, like, I think that is, that is key. That is key. And, you know, I think we both have experienced that, um, in positive ways as well. Like, you know, I'm giving this example that left me angry, honestly, and if I didn't hear from him again, it, it wouldn't bother me at all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm also like reflecting on our experience at IEPUI, you know, shout out to, um, the OT department there because, um, you know, ta- discussing our paper, Occupation, Injustice and Anti-Black Racism in the US um, is not an easy subject to sort of sit with, nor is it uh, one that is always easy for us to present um, individually or together. Yeah. Um, but doing that work with the students beforehand, like digging into the literature, having discussions with them amongst faculty, um, you know, students having those conversations with us prior to us coming, right? Sort of be creating a space that was respectful and, and they open. Came with
1: Questions too, like
0: I mean. fire
1: questions.
0: <laughs> it was an awesome experience, and it wasn't. And it wasn't just you know, them bombarding us with questions. Like there was a real dialogue and exchange of ideas. Um, the students were involved, the faculty were involved. You know, we were able to ask questions of them. And that's, that. Those, those situations are the ones I appreciate the most as a guest speaker. Like that's that's how it should be. And even if students asked a question that obviously we can't answer because we're we're not in the institution, but say like, you know, sort of what is the example at UNC or sort of how we would um, unpack that with the class, you had a faculty member who would step up and be very real in their response about sort of what their struggles are, but what it is that they can do to partner with students to get through it, but also challenge them to do better themselves. Absolutely. And I was like, yes, yes, yes to all of this. <laughs> Yeah, it was would, such I a would, great experience. I
1: would actually say I was at Ohio State as well, and shout out to them. Um, you know, they we were doing a conversation about the article as well, and and there were two faculty members who some of the students, you know, were so thankful that they showed up and were active in the conversation, asking good questions. Because those students were like, it's so important, and and this was a conversation between them, and I was like just sitting there smiling and giggling (laughs) because it was (laughs) happening, but they were like, you know, it's so important for us to see you all here. Thank you so much for showing up because now we know when we go to you about things in our curriculum or improving our curriculum within our institution, you are going to be an accomplice, you are going to be an ally to this work. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's so important that faculty know how to show up in those spaces so that you can show to your students of color or your queer students or whoever that they have someone who has thought about it, has done the work and is able to support them in, in being successful in their program.
0: Mm Hmm. Yes. 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 To all of that, and there are so many other, you know, cotad chapters and OT programs that we can shout out. Um, We'd be here all day, but um, I do just want to take a second to thank everyone who has, you know, invited us to to come and speak. um, In the last, oh gosh, I well, really, just this year alone, it's been it's been amazing, and I've met so many um, incredible students, um, student practitioners, I should say, and um, other occupational scientists and therapists and and faculty. So uh, we appreciate you all for diving into this stuff with us. That
1: is so true. And it takes like, it takes energy, it takes work, um, especially going into classrooms. Um, sometimes I do, like, I think that they're not prepared for the hard conversations that I sometimes <laughs> bring into the classroom. And so that's not totally their fault. But, you know, I, I don't know, I think that there's so much that a faculty member has to do in prep and, and just be ready to be my partner. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to co-teach the whole damn thing with me. But I need to know that you're there. And I can sort of like have you as a backup in case because I don't know your students I don't know like I don't know your program I don't know you (laughs) so (laughs) it's vulnerable for me to step into that um and and not feel like I'm gonna have support
0: right yeah that that prep part is key because there is nothing worse than sort of being asked to talk about a topic right and then at the end of your talk no one has a question because they haven't actually read the work. Yeah. (laughs) That has happened too. (laughs) And I'm sort of like, well, I mean, we can end the zoom call if you want, because, (laughs) you know,
1: I think another frustrating (laughs) thing is like the doe-eyed professor who's like, I am here. Like, I am loving everything you're saying, but they're not like, they're not taking it further. They're not like lifting it and moving it forward. It's just mm-hmm. like, yes, you're amazing. It's like, I get that. That's great. Like, I, whatever, I'll take the praise any day. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I need you to do more. Show up in this space as more than just a student. Show your yeah. students the work that you have done to understand what I'm bringing to the table so that we can have a real conversation about mm-hmm. it, um, and it's like I don't, I don't need another student. I need a faculty backup. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. And that's 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 really a uh, another way of like defining being accomplice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of accomplices, you know, we also have to talk about when when you are elevating voices and showing up you have to do those things without centering yourself. Mm,
1: yes. Talk about that.
0: Yeah. You know, I think an, another irritating point, like irritating enough that you can drop some F bombs about it, is you know, um white faculty, male or female, they're just like, oh yes, you know, I wanna Amplify the voices of our, you know, Black students and Black practitioners because I, 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 And I'm like, well, what about all of this have anything to do with you? Like leverage the privilege you have, create the space and get the F out the way, you know? Um, And it doesn't require you to have your name all over it. It doesn't require you to um, let let the Black therapist know that you had anything to do with it um, or your Black colleagues for that matter. Like, well, you know, I do this and, you know, I think it's important. Like, no, what's important is getting out of the way and elevating the work, not yourself. Um, You know, I know um, quite a few people have been following um, this study that I was involved with, with fifty black um, occupational therapy practitioners um, talking about their their pathways into um, occupational therapy programs, um, some of it touches on you know transition into practice, but really the focus was you know how is it that black women are coming into occupational therapy education and. For those who don't know, I'm actually going to sort of elevate this person, but one of the products of that work is the Black Voices in OT reading that, I guess, depending on when this episode airs, it's going to be, you know, before or after it, but anyway, it's March 25th, and this is a professor who is at IUPUI, Sally Wasmuth, who brought that idea to us. Um, And she is working in collaboration with um, some of her own um, students and and playwrights and things in Indianapolis who are um, Black as well. But, you know, Sally is doing this work without centering herself in it. And you know,
1: so what's what exactly is the work? Um, I know that you said it was a study and that you're but I, I know I know a little bit. I'm fishing.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us yeah. about
1: what this is actually uh, going to happen on the 25th.
0: Yeah. So the interviews that we conducted with. 50 African-American women, um, black women, because not everybody identifies as African-American, um, as well as interviews that occurred um, through IUPUI, They t- playwright took those narratives and turned it into a play. So on the 25th, there would be a, a reading about the experiences that Black women have um, as OTs going through practice, trans, um, through OT school transitioning into practice um, that, that was birthed out of real experiences. So taking, the, taking research data um, and creating an art form that really brings more attention to the same issues that just continue to proliferate in our, in our profession. Um, it's free. So, you know, um, making it accessible to everyone, I think, is amazing. Um, but the other thing that it does is also challenges what we value as products of research, right? Like, until this opportunity was brought to me, I never thought about turning data into a play. know I know in the humanities they do all sorts of really cool (laughs) things with you know presenting yeah yeah like you know on the um medicalized social sciences I feel like you know the kind of work we do like that's just not that's not even a thought (laughs)
1: to
0: to do something (laughs) like that and so um I, I thought it's just a, a really artistic and beautiful way to um, amplify the experiences of black practitioners in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and shout out to the the fifty women who gave of their time um, for uh, for our learning, and to the incredible playwright at, at Summit um, Indianapolis for for taking that work and turning it into um, this play I'm, I'm so excited can't, about I it I
1: can imagine being a playwright like that just sounds exhausting to think about every <laughs> single movement of anyone I mean maybe that is a little bit of what we do with activity analysis <laughs> but <laughs> like thinking about breaking down an entire play into all of its millions of pieces and putting it together that just sounds crazy to me yeah um, <laughs> But also, I'm, I'm just want to I want to sort of reflect back something that I think some people might pick up on is that, like, at the beginning, we're talking about, like, be present in the classroom, make sure you're showing up, like step up into this role as a faculty accomplice. But then we're also saying, like, step back, like, don't be making this about you. Don't so I just want to let you know those two things can't exist together, <laughs> mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. there is a way to be present in the classroom without making it about you. There's a way to do research. There's a way to sort of do practice in, in an anti-racist or an anti-homophobic or an anti, you know, ableism sort of way that doesn't center you. It, I mean, it's it's that space of like it's not just like, Oh, what was me? I'm not going to take credit for doing all this, but it's more so figuring out how to show up in a way that isn't focused on, on pointing everything at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, just, I think that's an important nuance that I think people might t- jump on. It's like, you're telling us to do the same thing, but opposites. And it's like, yeah, no, actually you can do both of those things in a very helpful way. Um, and You know, and I think we we talk about, you know, I think anti-racism and queerness and that sort of thing. But this goes for if you're bringing a person with a disability into the room, if you're if you're bringing somebody from an indigenous like population into the room, all of these different people who you are asking to share their experiences and their like personhood as a teaching tool this is important because like, this is when the vulnerabilities happen and you can like really traumatize people if you're not really supporting them in an effective way.
0: Right. Right. Which brings us to another point. Um, and when you invite people to share of themselves for your learning, pay them,
1: pay your speakers.
0: (laughs) And I'm not going to say pay them, please. It's like, Pay them because you should. (laughs)
1: Yes. 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 I mean, I think it's like you're asking people to give of their essence. And it's like, it's one thing to like, you know, ask people to talk about their research and another, because then, you know, you're sort of helping them maybe with like some promotion or tenure or whatever, but I mean, not that much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when it comes to like, you're wanting to hear their personal experience of oppression or how they manage being queer or non-binary or something in the world, that is asking a lot for free and pay your speakers. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes. No labor should be free. And, you know, and to add to that, it's like, you're you're also asking for someone to share expertise that you don't have, right? So, it, like, in a, in a situation of my refrigerator breaks, you know, I'm going to call somebody from Frigidaire to come do something about it or teach me how to do something about it. I pay them. Like, it shouldn't be any different in the classroom, you know, and pay people what they're worth, you know, don't, don't, you know, offer your indigenous speaker $200 when, you know, you offer your um, big lecturer for the year, $1,000. There's nothing, there's no equity in that at all. And if you even have that as a forethought, that says a lot about you. Um, But yeah, yeah. The 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 questions or conversations around pay. Oh, we could that that's another that's another episode, Ryan. <laughs> oh, that, that we can have a, an entire, <laughs> a whole other episode about securing the bag. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> securing the bag with Doctor
0: Thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that has so many any windows. <laughs> <laughs> hey that has uh, gotta
1: be a thought sometimes you know listen listen no. thought one and thought
0: two how to get the bag yes yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We still have an argument over which one of us is thought one and which one of us is thought two, but yeah. that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, the other, I have another thing I think I want to talk about in the sense of being a faculty accomplice in the research world specifically um, mm-hmm. is, you know, I think we're, we're asking for a lot of subject matter experts and, you know, people to review stuff or even just getting, Like studies of people, you know, and we're like, oh, this is going to talk about cultural, you know, uh, skills or whatever. And I just think it's really important, especially for like if, if you see a study that is being done on queer people, you know, and you're a straight person who might have some some expertise about that study and you're being asked to review it. You know, If you say, okay, well, is there a trans person identified within this community in the participants, or is there a trans advisory board who is supporting like the work that you are doing? If there's not, say no <laughs> to this work, because if you won't do it, then they have to sometimes go figure out how to get you to do it if you are an expert in that field. Um, so I, I think that's a really important thing that a lot of people um, forget that they can do is just because you're asked to review something doesn't mean you have to, um, and especially if it's something that is broad based, talking about like cultural competency or or what all these different words that we use to get therapists to treat people the way that they want to be treated. Um, you know, it, it's just like I'm not going to do this unless you have. I usually say an indigenous, a trans and a disabled person on in the participants, or at least reviewing the work that's being done. Um, right. you know, if, if it's actually about and including those people. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yes. So I, do, I don't know. I just think people forget that they have that power to say no as a way to force a, a stronger and more deliberate search for these populations that are often just neglected when it comes to representation within this work.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need more people like you, I think, in editorial positions and re, uh, research review positions for, like, NIH and some of these other sort of, like, gold standard agencies, right? Because when it comes to those critical considerations, they are afterthoughts at best, Yeah. you know, um, to hear, like, oh, we think it's so important that we you know, are partnering, and I say partnering, right, but which that never happens either. Well, I won't say never, but um, it's questionable. Um, you know, partnering with these communities and, you know, bringing in interventions and services that are blah, 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 blah. And when you look to see who's on the team, there's nobody from the community on that team. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's like, okay, well, one, I already don't trust you because <laughs> the, the very people that you say you're partnering with, there's zero representation. So what are you really doing?
1: Yeah. And don't just plan to write it in your limitations. Oh (laughs) God. Don't do the project unless you can move forward. Like it's just ridiculous to be like, well, this only represents or write a different title to your project or your study or whatever. Like Don't try and and speak to something that is not really rooted in the community or the population that you're trying to support. And even if you do have the participants, like, I mean, this is just research methodology. We can just go, you know, on and on about that. But, you know, make sure they're involved in the process and driving it. But don't just plan to say, like, oh, well, this this is a tool that is only applicable to this population, even though it's not named that. Um, you know, I just think that's super irresponsible and you need to not use the limitations as an excuse box. Um,
0: Right. Yes. Limitations as an excuse box. I think that that'll make a a really nice issue is paper for a (laughs) jot. I like that. Let's do it. I was thinking
1: you were going to say a t-shirt. And I was like, that's a very specific t-shirt.
0: I'm like, academic
1: t-shirts. Don't use the limitations as an excuse box.
0: (laughs) Yes. Listen, somebody's going to take that and make it a fundraiser. Yeah. yeah so
1: thoughts that you might have doctor um (laughs) about (laughs) faculty accomplishing or experiences that you've had in the classroom as a guest speaker or as someone who's bringing in um other people to speak about these issues
0: um i i for me you know the the take-home message is to to plan everything with intention and planning goes beyond choosing the speaker and inviting them to come. You know, it's all of that pre-work with your students, the pre-work and prep with the speaker, sharing about the culture of your institution, your department, the students, so everybody has an understanding of what they are coming into, you know, intention in the space for the day, you know, the debrief afterwards, the follow-up, you know, all of those things approach them with intention. Yeah, that's
1: so true. And I think for me, it's, it's really recognizing that, like, we love coming into these classrooms. We love doing this work. We love talking with so many different people. So one, please keep inviting us. (laughs) Um, But it's also like, it's an experience for us. You know, it's not just like a robotic thing that we can just step into the classroom. There's emotions, there's feelings, there's anxiety, and not just like public speaking anxiety, but just like what that feels like in our bodies to put our experiences out on the line in that way. And so, you know, it, it's also, I mean, it's okay in some instances to make mistakes, but you know, that, that's, that's hurting us. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. hurting the people who are offering these, these experiences. Um, and I mean, you can't be afraid to make mistakes in some ways, but do the work necessary so that you can mitigate them as much as possible. Like I've made mistakes you know, in, in the classroom in the way that I've been an accomplice in the past. I know that, um, but it's about constantly challenging yourself and, and continuing to learn and being open to feedback, asking guest speakers, like, how did it go? What, what would you have liked to happen differently? Um, mm-hmm. and welcoming some of that in so that you can grow and change as, a, as an instructor.
0: Yes, yes.
1: I don't think I've ever had anybody ever, after the fact, ask me how I thought it went as a guest speaker. There's always a thank you. And it's like, mm-hmm. and there's like, oh, it was wonderful. But there was never like a, did that go okay for you?
0: <laughs> yeah, for, I mean, and for me, it's only happened once. But the person who asked me, actually, she knows me personally. Mm, yeah yeah um um, so yeah well you know again we hope you all enjoyed it and you know we're able to take some gems away um faculty hit us up later if you (laughs) (laughs) if you take issue with what we've offered um or even if you haven't um but we appreciate you all for tuning in and until next time
1: and it's just a, a conversation, and we might be wrong, but we got some experiences to back it up. So,
0: scientists. <laughs> <Sinus>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we will see you all next time on Dr. Thoughts. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>